I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we're exploring how we can create a better relationship with our finances as mothers and business owners. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to dive into today's episode, you know, and here, you know, from, from the feedback we've gotten from the listeners, so many of you want to learn a bit more about how to navigate your finances. And so we really decided to dedicate a whole episode to this topic. You know, I know that money can be a really sensitive topic, especially for women, you know, to open up about. So I'm really excited to get your perspective, mm. Bryony, on yeah, on this topic. I'm especially fascinated by how you were able to navigate your finances as a new mom, as a new business owner back in the day. But first, firstly, you know, what was your mindset around money when you were growing up? I guess um, I have to say my parents weren't, uh, I suppose, forthcoming. I I just don't think it's something that people often think to discuss and again I don't know whether it's because there's this whole thing of it being private or, or something but my parents didn't really discuss uh, finances it was all that you know if you earn anything or get any pocket money save it that was as as far as that sort of education went but I did have a, a father who was quite a, an entrepreneur and he, he worked for himself a lot of the time and so I did, I think, just by seeing how he worked, pick up on the fact that he'd buy an old boat, he'd do it up and then he would sell it for more. So I, I guess I got a little bit of a, a background just sort of watching that happen around the, the ability to make money for yourself. I think, you know, we were probably not, not a just an average family growing up and, and it was always a, you know, watch your pennies situation. So I think I probably grew up thinking that money was something that you just didn't have. Like you just, you really had to be very, very careful with it. Um, you had to do without unless it was a necessity. So it, it I don't know that I had a, a positive relationship with it because it was always very much don't do this because we won't have the money for that and it was always you know we better not go on this trip because we might not have enough petrol for the rest of the week it was always a bit of that I think so for me as a kid it was always I suppose that feeling of not being able to do a lot and that you know money was something that was not necessarily a positive thing but it wasn't negative either so for me you know I did have a I was lucky enough in primary school to also have a teacher um, by the name of Mr Kennett who I've touched on in previous podcasts who did uh, you know old school guy he did take it upon himself to teach the kids in I don't know what grade we were two or three about profit and loss and so that was a really defining moment for me and I think having had 
had a, a father that was that way as well, inclined, it, it, it just the whole thing just clicked with me really easily. It resonated with me, maybe because that's just my makeup. But it made sense uh, when he was showing us this profit and loss. And, you know, we had animals at the school and the chickens laid eggs and, and all of that. So he was able to sort of say, okay, we'd buy a chicken for this. It's, it lays eggs, we sell them for that. And, you know, the food costs this. And he was able to really put it into very basic terms for the kids in the class. Now, that's not to say, to say all kids are going to take that on board and become entrepreneurs, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I do think that there should be some part of the school curriculum, looking back in hindsight, that does talk about these things. So, you know, talk about basic finances and how you manage money. And um, especially in the climate we're in at the moment, we've really learned that we need to put a little bit aside, you know, not to the detriment of having a life, but we do need to have a safety net and there's no point living day to day. You know, you need to back off your, your expenditure a little bit. And I think that these positive relationships with money should be taught in the school curriculum and if they're not the the some sort of I suppose uh, course or something that parents could then show their children and so for me um, you know I think some of these things just came naturally so it's hard for me to say you know I learned this or I, or I was taught this by my parents because I wasn't and I think for me it was a natural progression in, in my you know my makeup and little things I, I picked up along the way but not everybody has a positive relationship with money and whether that's because they've gone without so then when they do get money they're like oh this is super exciting I'm just going to spend it on all the things I can't normally have and I think that was a little bit of how I probably was and I don't I don't think that I ever really saved like I probably did put a little bit away but for me you know having been brought up in such a way that you really had to make do when I did have money I was like oh what can I get with it like that isn't making do like can I you know I don't know can I buy something for myself or so there was always for me that whole I wasn't stupid with it and I made sure I had it and I didn't have to borrow money off people, but I always spent it. I wasn't really, oh, I need to save for a house. I had no idea that that should be something you should do. Yes, I saved for my own car, but then once I got the car, I didn't have a, a reason to save for anything else. Like I just didn't know any of those things. I understood how to make money, but I didn't understand what the importance of saving it would mean. So I think that that's part of the school curriculum, that, that it should be there and, and that parents should offer that to their kids and and even if you don't really understand money so much yourself one of the things that we do is is just show the children our three boys we just at an age that's appropriate we show them the bills so if a phone bill comes in we show them that and of course that means nothing to them but if you put it into hours you're away from your children then they get it so I like to teach the kids not to waste things. So whether it's electricity or, or, yeah, the phone bill or water or whatever it is, there's the environmental education I give to them about it, but also the financial one. And so if a bill comes in for $100, let's say, I'll just round it to them and say, look, that might take someone four hours away from their children to earn that money to pay it. So if you want to continue to spend or do things that are, going to, that are going to cost money for us, then that's fine, but then that's more hours that we're away from you, that we can do things that you like. And so I think putting it into those very basic terms that they can understand, uh, because while you're looking after them and nurturing them, they don't understand the concept of going without or, or, or money. So it's putting it into hours away that I, th 
I think worked for us with our children. You know, one of them's not even six yet and the other two are 12. So you're still sort of working with an, an age group that doesn't quite get it. But I think if you look at ways that they are going to understand it um, and also that opportunity cost is another thing that I taught the kids is, you know, if we went to the, the supermarket or or they wanted something, I would teach them that, you know, if you want that, then that's fine, but that comes at the opportunity cost of something else. So, okay, you want your little Lego man, but you did say you wanted that chocolate, so which do you want? Because you can't have both. So you've got to forego something and you've got to sacrifice something. So it's little things like that, and I think it also stops tantrums in the supermarket (laughs) because I set the the bar straight away that, you know, when we get to the supermarket, I'm happy to get you something today because you've been really good, but it's one thing. And they'd pick something and then they get excited and think, I want something else. And like, sure, you can have that, but now you need to put the chocolate bar back. And it's just teaching them to make these decisions for themselves and sacrifice and the opportunity cost of things. So they're the little basic things that we've taught our children that seemingly have worked so far. <laughs> I love it. I'm just picturing your cute little ones just grabbing all the things in the stores right now. <laughs> um, and mummy going, no, 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 <laughs> pick one. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, I love it. And I just think, it's just so fascinating to kind of hear, you know, and look back and hear kind of how you were brought up mm. and what that meant for you and um, what money meant for you back then and then how that kind of dragged through to kind of, you know, how you now parent, etc. Mm. So I guess the question I've got for you and I think many of the amazing women listening might have also is that idea around when you feel a lack of, when you feel lack, like when you feel Mm. scarcity and then, you know, but you still have to be the one to look after the kids. You still have to be the one to go, no, it's all good. We're all fine. That kind of front you put on, Mm. you know, how can we kind of, if we are in that lack mentality, Mm. how can we start to slowly maybe recognize that and then move away from it? Mm. With anything in life, there has to be a real desire to want something enough to change your behaviour. And again, as I mentioned, there's not really any education that I received around money. And yes, I did probably have that spend mentality because I didn't understand the value of saving it for a rainy day. I didn't have the education around it. And I suppose it wasn't until there was things that I really wanted that I was able to then dedicate putting those resources away. So I think that you need in life anything that's strong enough, stronger than, you know, just the need of it, the the, the desire and the want for something to make change. And I think that comes down to people's, um, you know, their health, uh, lifestyle, career, all of those things. You need to want something bad enough that you will make those sacrifices. So, you know, to go from someone who was just spending their money, uh, yes, I didn't go without, no, I never got to a point where I borrowed money off anybody else. I, I never sort of got myself in into that situation and I always lived a fairly okay lifestyle when I started looking after myself but but for me it was yeah definitely getting to the point where I wanted more that then I realized okay for me to do that I can't keep living day to day week to week there's going to have to be something I sacrifice to start putting away for whatever it was um, so I think it's looking at yourself and what is it that you really want and you might not want anything at the moment in particular you know life changing it could be just that you want to be able to have a day at home 
a week with your kids. You don't want to work five days. Maybe you want to be able to put your kids into swimming or it could be just simple stuff. It doesn't have to be earth shattering. So if that's a big enough want, what are you prepared to do to sacrifice to get to get those little things? And I think the trap that people have now is that Money's almost this evil thing you've got to throw away. You know, who am I to save it? Who am I to have anything? I've got to keep working my butt off. You know, I've got to be the hardest worker. I've got to be busy. You know, it's it's almost like there's just no point earning all this money or earning any money because you don't have the time to enjoy it anyway. You're too worried about what everybody else thinks, that you don't even know what you want anymore because you're living a life based on what you think you should be doing. So you're spending all of this money on things you probably don't really want or need, but you're doing it for that perception that that's what you should be doing. And so for me, I think it's about really evaluating, you know, you might be happy staying home with your kids as a mum and that's totally cool. But what do you need to sacrifice to do that? I don't know. Do you need to do something, you know, get rid of Foxtel? I don't know, whatever it might be, but it's just simple things that you need to do to feel that you're fulfilling yourself and not constantly, like you said, living in that feeling of lacking all the time. Um, And the biggest lack that you'll ever have is not feeling um, whole in yourself, that you're doing things that you enjoy. And, you know, I think everybody at the moment's probably feeling with what's going on, all of this possible money that they've earned, all of these amazing things they've strived for, these amazing careers they've got or businesses, and it can all be taken away from you in a nanosecond. And so for me, that's where you need to be really clear that what you're doing, is it really a want? Yes, we have to do things that we need to do for survival as well. But all this other stuff, are you doing it because you want to or you feel you've got to do it because that's the perception of how you should be living your life? So you really just have to have that hard conversation with yourself. I mean, I read something the other day and it was like, if if the world was blind, would they still like you? You know, and I thought that's so true because if if all they could do is sense you and feel you and hear you, would they still want to be in your life. Now, that's how I think I'm going to look at, not that I'm, I'm, I think, worried about what anyone thinks because I don't. I'm going to remember that because it's, it's honestly, that's such an important thing to take away that just forget about everything else. What feeling do you give to somebody else, to yourself most importantly? Um, and money is definitely a gateway to opportunity, but don't be mistaken at thinking that those opportunities uh, are ones that are positive just because somebody else values it. It doesn't mean you have to. So I think it's really getting back to that core of, of analysing what truly, what you truly want, what you truly want. Mm. Well, it's just so well said and I just think so many of us have been through that or are going through that. Mm. We've got that, you know, that pressure from society or mm. from what the expectations we put on ourselves as to what we should be doing and how our life should be looking like. You know, I think a question I've got for you is, is if we bring it back a little bit to that time where you were just looking after yourself and then, you know, you you obviously got married, you had a partner and and then the kids came, you know, Mm. how all of a sudden your expenses almost like Mm. three times or five times or whatever it is, you know, how do, and and maybe that perception even gets stronger because now you've got other mums looking at you, you've got, you know, people at the school looking at you, whatever, Mm. you know, what what advice would you give and, and kind of what did you do during that time where you made that transition from just looking after yourself financially mm. to now I've got to look after all these little babies as well? Yeah, I think 
the fact that prior to my um, having my twins, the first um, pregnancy that I had, I had a, a, a business at that time that I'd had for a couple of years and you know, that was definitely a very big learning curve because we, you know, lost quite a bit of money in, in that um, it cost a lot more to run that business than we thought, all of those things. So we already were in that lifestyle of going without. And so it wasn't a shock to us then to have children and, and feel that we had to, you know, forego something. So we were already in that mentality of, okay, we've got to sacrifice to, to stay afloat. So but I don't know that you need to totally sacrifice. Yes, kids cost money, but, you know, I don't know what I think about that. You hear about all these amounts of money that kids cost and I just think, really, like, are we analysing kids in monetary terms? Like, it just doesn't feel right to me. Like, yes, you need to provide for them, but they don't give a rat's backside if you're buying them bloody freaking Chanel tops or a... Or a, a top from a bloody salvos like honestly they just want to be with you if you're anything like my youngest they just be hanging off my boob till he was almost three like they just want your warmth and your comfort and your you know you they don't care what brand of food you're buying them or if they're doing five activities a week or they go to a private school or not they don't care we care and it, it why do we care because we want to give them the best I get that but it's also for the fear of other people judging us that you know you're not doing the best for your kid I'm doing this and oh well if you're doing that shit I should be too like it's it, I really think if you analyze it it's it's that like it's that whole kids cost a lot because no, your expectation is they do because you've got to keep up with everyone else. And I, so I, I, I'm not saying that you don't have to be um, sensible about it, but at the same time, I just feel that for me, all I did, especially knowing I was having twins, was like, okay, well, there might be a lot of nappies and stinky butts I've got to clean here. So I started buying a packet of nappies a, a week when I was pregnant and putting it, putting them away. Like, so that, you know, it just alleviated that pressure when they were born because I, I didn't really know how much they were going to cost and I didn't really care because I just want I wanted them that I thought I'll make it work so I'm a bit of a if I want something bad enough I'll figure it out along the way because you can get caught up so much in this planning that you never do anything you know you're never going to have, have a right time to have children there's never going to be a right time to start your business there's never going to be a right time for anything it's just the time that you start it is the the moment that you're going to be one step ahead of everybody else. It's just, you've just got to get out there and bloody do it. So for me with the kids, it's just, okay, I want them. So I'll just deal with whatever comes my way, but I will be, you know, I will put some nappies away. I will buy the odd little thing that's on sale when I see it. You know, when it came to baby showers and birthdays, I was like, I don't really want toys and stuff would you mind just maybe if someone asked me of course can I have a voucher for Coles because I'll you know I'd, I'll get their food or formula or, or whatever so I think it's just forgetting all these extra things it's the extras you just don't need all these extra stuff um, you know it, people have lost sight of that and I'm hoping now with all of the disasters that are going on people are realizing that more than ever that all this extra you don't need an extra life. It's just, you know, your, your ordinary life can be just the most beautiful, blissful, amazing life ever. Um, and, you know, for me, it was just doing those little things. Um, I can't say that the kids to me have been that cost costly now that I've got two 12-year-old twins that 
require a second fridge in my house. Um, I reckon the ex- the food expense now, yeah, okay, that's probably gone up a little bit. Um, my fault for having three boys. But um, but I don't know that it's been a big thing. I think women just put that pressure on themselves that they've got to have all this money for their kids. You bloody well don't. You don't need all that money for your kids, you know. And like I say to my boys now... Um, I am, my responsibility is to make sure that you're safe and warm and fed. Anything beyond that, you will get yourself. You will get a job and you will get that. And one of my boys, because I, you know, once upon a time wanted them enough and I treated myself to a pair of Gucci runners, right? Okay, it's definitely not a necessity. I'm not saying people have to get that, but I did because I could and I just wanted them. So, My son's like, oh, well, will you be buying me Gucci shoes? And I said, hell no. (laughs) I was 40 when I bought them for my 40th. You won't be getting Gucci nothing, buddy, unless you can buy it yourself. Like, again, fed, clothed, warmth. Beyond that, you get it yourself. Like it's, you know, and that's the thing. I think it's really your your lifestyle can be as extravagant as you want it to be um, and you can live this lifestyle that, you know, is really day to day. But it's not, it's, it's just an empty lifestyle, isn't it, at, at the end of the day too. So um, I just think don't put the pressure on yourself too much. Be sensible. Never spend any more than than what you're making and don't rely on other people. But beyond that, I think just get out there and do what it is that you want to do. Have have your kids, start your business um, and just figure it out along the way. So great. I love your... Um, <laughs> just It's always the case with you, you know, that, that energy of just, you'll figure it out, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And it o- o- yeah. often always ends up happening, you know. Correct. What... um. You know, for the mums out there or even for the, the mums who are business owners or the business owners out there who are in those early days and they're, they might they may have found themselves quite leveraged, you know. They're in a point where it's like, wow, my credit cards are on max, my, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm obviously spending a lot to keep this running or, you know, maybe it's in the home or maybe it's with the business. You know, what advice would you give around kind of, being super leveraged like I know there was a point Mm. obviously for you where it was the start of a dawn I think it was and it was just really tough and you put Mm. everything into it and you guys were you know what talk to us about that time there how you navigated it and stayed in the abundance mentality if you did and then what advice would you give to the women experiencing that look first of all if you're racking up credit cards for stuff uh that can't make you any money that's not um you know, yeah, leveraging a future lifestyle that, um, you know, is to the betterment of you and your family. If you have debt because you wanted Gucci shoes and you really didn't have, then there's a problem there and you need to just back off and stop, stop. Just you need to reanalyse again what's important um, and and your wants um, as opposed to, you know, those real desires, those needs and wants and and the sacrifices that you're going to. And it might mean that you have to put off those desires to get rid of all of that debt you've accumulated because of just stuff you don't need. Like, ultimately, it's stuff, isn't it? Um, So that's my first advice. I never, I'm not saying I went without, but I never got myself into debt over stuff. But I did get myself into a shitload of debt for possible, uh, you know, investments um, and, you know, possible growth of a business and things like that. That's okay. And you need to some way 
it needs to be a, still a calculated risk um, and everybody's personality around risk management is very different, okay? Some people need X amount of money in the bank before they'll spend a certain amount. Some people, you know, they just don't care. They're almost gamblers. It, you've got to find what what's your comfort level when it comes to your risk management of, of debt um, because unless you've got a lot of money or, or an investor, you, you at some point you probably going to need to take on some debt, whether it's a credit card, an overdraft uh, or a loan. Um, and those things are getting harder to obtain based on the climate that, we, that we're in. So I can only talk about my experience and obviously really I, we've probably always done it fairly hard. Like I've always had to, I've always had very good jobs because I've, I've always wanted to have good jobs. Some of them I've just figured out as I have gone along and just been good enough to get through the interview stage that I'm like, right now I better research this job and come through with the goods because I actually have no idea what I'm doing here. So <laughs> a lot of my life was very much that. So yes, I do have a figure it out mentality, but I've always calculated risk based on, okay, if I need this amount of money, which is essentially going to be debt that I have to pay back one day, if shit hits the fan, how will I pay that back? And so I'd, I've never borrowed any more than what I thought would take me more than a few years back in a career to pay off. So that was sort of my comfort level there where I thought, okay, so if I've got, I'm just going to pull this figure out of thin air, but so if I've got a hundred grand in debt, you know, how long is that going to take me to pay off? If this all falls apart, you know, I don't want to be spending my whole retirement paying off something and living in a caravan. So not that there's anything wrong with that, quite frankly. But you know what I mean? Like that was where I assessed things. So, um, and your your risk assessment might be different and you might feel like, no, I'd rather save that money and put it away. But then my thought around that though is that are you then missing the opportunity? You know, look, I started both of the businesses that I've had and the one that I still have 12 years on, which is Adorn Cosmetics, I never had a business plan. I never had a marketing plan. Um, I had a bit of a cash flow budget that I'd worked out um, and that was it. And I just went with it. I just had an idea. It felt right. And I just learnt on the job, to be honest. I really did. Like I've made lots of mistakes. Um, but again, I don't view them that way. I view them as learning on the job. Uh, I, I think to myself, well, I could have gone to uni to figure that out. Could have taken me three or four years. I would have had debt to accumulate. Where okay, I've learnt this lesson in a week. It's probably cost me about the same, but at least I've learnt it in a week. Do you know what I mean? Like I always analyse things on time. And so I don't, get upset over mistakes that I make, first of all, because I just think it's part of a learning curve and it's part of your education. And I do feel that for me personally, I'd rather just have an idea, run with it, make sure that I'm not going to lose everything over it, but just run with it because sometimes that opportunity passes you by, someone else might take it, or worse, you lose that 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 momentum or the confidence to move forward with it. You start, the more you think about things, the more you you sit there and, oh, but I'm not good enough. Oh, who am I? Oh, what are people going to think of me? Oh, do I really have enough money? But then I won't spend enough time with little Johnny at home. Mm, you know, it, it becomes this sabotage. So I think for me, I just react. The minute I, I want to do something and the girls here at the office know, if I come up with an idea, I'm sure all of their eyes roll back into their heads going, oh, goodness me, and because then I'll have it happening the next day. Like, it's just done. So I just think get out there, get things done. Don't spend money on something that 
isn't an, an absolute necessity or something that isn't going to make you money. Look, we all deserve to have niceties, but you only need so many nice shoes. You only need so many nice jackets and, and it's all relative, isn't it? You know, if you've got the money to have 20 jackets, power to you, that's all good. But don't feel that you've got to have that because that's what you're seeing with everybody else. You know, there has to be sacrifices that you make. And um, there definitely was for us when we started with Adorn. I mean, I had to make the sacrifice that, you know, when I first started out, I had a, a beauty sort of background. I had a beauty salon prior to Adorn. So I set up one of our rooms as a beauty salon. Um, and I knew that if I managed to get enough clients work from home. Now, you know, we're talking over 12 years ago. I didn't even know if that was going to be a possibility that someone would want to come to my house to have a, a vagine wax, if you get my drift. Um, so, you know, but, but, they, but they did, which was amazing. So I knew that if I could get enough waxing clients for a day, then I would have a little bit of money to put towards buying products in the Adorn range. But the sacrifice of that was that I had to spend a day doing that away from my kids and I wasn't quite prepared to let them go to daycare at that point of view because they were only about six months old. So I found a nanny which cost probably half of what I earned. So it was smaller incremental steps and I didn't have family support to come over and look after them. So I did have to look at, okay, well, this is the amount of money I need to spend to get to this point and this is the sacrifice I have to do a day or two of waxing and then the other days I'll spend on being able to do a dawn. Um, and, you know, we did have to go without. Like there wasn't any nice things that we got to buy. You know, there were some days where, you know, we had to get real clever with the food we were buying. Like we had to go to markets and, and make sure that, you know, we would, we would really penny pinching with stuff. Like I'd make our own pasta sauces out of tomatoes that were going fairly rank at this, you know, the Springvale markets we used to go to back then. And, and I'd make everything. And then we would, um, I'd have two or three big cookers going and then I'd put everything into freezer meals. Um, you know, we then decided, okay, we might get dogs and dogs sit. So we had people dropping their dogs off for holidays. So we made money that way to help out. Um, you know, it, it was just doing without things and, and not having much and it was a little bit stressful to be honest but we we knew that the end game was hopefully that we wouldn't have this stress for our whole life we'd have a bit of stress at the beginning which turned into a big 10 years of stress but you know it it, it was a sacrifice that we were prepared to make um, and you do have to go without when you when you decide that there's something that you want more than just yourself it's that's just the way it is um, but we never went without any you know love and warmth and uh, we never we always had something to eat and we always were clothed so that's the way I looked at things and always had good people around us and that's you know really important so for me it was just those small little incremental steps and just learning on the job um, and, and just being prepared that you'd, you're just going to get out there and just do it, just get it done and just not think too much about it. Mm. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. it. That's, That's it. Yeah, I know. She's just been the slogan of the Nike, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Nike endorsement. Here, yeah, here we yeah. go. <laughs> no, I love it. It's, it's just so, so spot on. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk a bit about – um, how mums in particular, or women, no, really just women view, sometimes feel 
how women view money. And in, in I, what I mean by that is sometimes we feel more guilty mm. about earning more. We don't want to ask for money for doing things. We feel a bit more just, you know, it's okay. I don't, I don't have to charge or, you mm. know, you know, firstly, why do you think that is? And then secondly, kind of were there points in your life where that happened? Mm. And then what advice would you give to us? Yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it? Um, I wonder if, and I'm no expert on this, but I wonder if it's that's that still that transition of women um, being the, the home carer to, you know, that the, the person who is financially contributing. Maybe there's still some more generations of that to be, you know, moulded out of us. I, I don't know that maybe we f- it's that guilt still associated with, well, really I should be just at home with children and having a family. Um is that something that's wired in us that's going to take a while to, to come out? I don't, I don't know whether it's that. Um, but I have a feeling it probably is a little bit of that. Um, and the guilt then that you're not uh, committing your life to something other than yourself. It almost seems like women should just be nothing but selfless all the time and giving all the time to everyone else and that you are, you know, some real hard-ass bitch if you if you're interested in only like it's not even that you're not caring about other people but it's like if you're you know doing something for yourself and you're successful at it you must have I don't know you must be hard-assed to have got there or it's it's almost like you're you're viewed differently um when you're successful um and that's a bit of a shame really and I but I do think that women are their own worse uh judges of that and I think that women are probably (sighs) judge others more other women more harshly when it comes that's my experience um i'd say that yeah there's probably some men that 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 way too but i do find that the men are a little bit more relaxed about that um so i don't know whether we feel like there's something we've got to prove something or and then the women that maybe are happy being home feel out of sorts that then they feel inadequate that they've got to I don't know, put down other women to make themselves feel better. I don't know. And not saying that everybody does that, but it is a shame. And I, I think that if you aren't doing something for yourself, you can't be any good to anybody else anyway. Like you really do. I mean, I know that when I, uh, and it's taken me a long time because I'm not saying I didn't ever feel guilty like I did. I was really um, conflicted with the fact that I should be home with the kids. And then when I was at work, I felt guilty about that. And then when I was with them, I felt guilty I wasn't doing enough work. It was this guilt, 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 guilt. Um, But I did get to the point where I thought, you know, I feel so much better when I have done something for myself that I was in a better mindset to spend quality time with my kids or my husband um, because I had given myself that space just to be myself and whether that's just doing a Pilates session or reading a book or having a coffee with a friend it doesn't have to be earth shattering but you do need to move away from feeling guilty about fulfilling things you want to do and if that means making money that's not a bad thing I think people think money's the root of all evil and yes it, it bloody well can be if that's the main game is just to make money um, because I wonder then what wouldn't you do to get it if that's all you're worried about. Uh, but if it's because there's something that you feel that it's going to give you fulfilment and freedom, then it's not a bad thing how much you have of it or how little you have of it. It's, it's about having the resources to be able to do and have what you want in life. And I think the biggest thing that you can give yourself is time and freedom to do the things you want to do 
some of those things are for free and some of them are not. And so if you can make some money to fulfill that, there is nothing wrong with that at all. And you you do go through times where you feel like, oh, who am I to be earning this or who am I to have this? Oh, it's a bit embarrassing. I don't want to admit that I, like, I don't know what car I own or what... Um, what business I have. Look, I, I know for many, many years when people asked me what I do, I would respond, oh, I'm, I work in cosmetics. I would never so say, I. yeah, I just would downplay it. Media. Yeah, yeah, I just downplay it because I didn't, one, I didn't want them to feel inadequate because I, I could sense with some people when they did find out what I I was doing, they like it's like they backed off from me a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I can talk to her because she's, doing this I'm not sure if I'm at that level um but then it was also me a bit of me feeling like oh I don't know that I'm actually really that worthy to even say I'm doing this like it's bizarre it's a real really weird conflicting thing but now I think no bloody hell I've been doing this for 12 years eating baked beans and I'm sorry but I deserve to be proud of what I've done and but it still doesn't sit completely right with me like I'm not it's not I'm not boastful about it it's still a weird feeling, but I do think that we have every right to be proud of our achievements and the sacrifices we've made, whether it's emotionally or financially, um, because, you know, there is a sacrifice you need to make in any in any life or there is an opportunity cost of every decision you make. Uh, so if I'm drinking coffee, the opportunity cost was I didn't choose tea. Like, it's as basic as that. There is always some sort of cost or sacrifice you've made for the decision or for the outcome that you've got. And, you know, you may not be always proud of that, but learn from it. And when you have learnt from it and you've achieved success, however you define that, then you have every damn right to be bloody well proud of that. And it's not about the money. As I said, if you're just chasing money, I'm concerned about what you wouldn't do for it. That's a little bit of a worry. But, you know, if you're chasing a dream and money comes with it, then then that's just the blessing of it, that it's then buying you some more freedom to fulfil more of that or to, you know, give you the opportunity to do things for others as well. Like one of the things I love is being able to help other people and have the money to be able to help other people, help little charities or, you know, take people out for a nice dinner or there's nothing better than sharing what you've achieved. Mm. Employing your sisters. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the whole family yeah. practically, I know. <laughs> we love them all. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's so great and I, I couldn't agree more. I want to kind of dive a bit deeper into the current situation that we're in. Mm. So, you know, at the time of recording this podcast, it's COVID-19, we're really in the thick of it. Um, and, you know, as small business owners and as, as really as anyone right now experiencing this, but especially as small business owners, kind of what's your take on what's going on and what advice would you give, especially to the women who own those small business, you know, small mm. business owners own those businesses about survival, about being smart with their money? Yeah. Oh, look, first of all, I just, my heart honestly goes out to each and every one that's going through this because I, I, whilst it wasn't in the current situation, I do know how it feels to live with a lump in your throat. And I do understand and appreciate how hard it is to go to sleep at night wondering what your tomorrow is going to look like. I, I, I get that. And to be honest, it, it's really hard for me not to just burst into tears over that because I do feel that for people. And I'm not saying that there's going to be an, that there will be disasters and there will be people that can't come back from this. And that's very sad. But what I hope is that people don't just give up. They, you know, and I'm sure lots of people aren't, but try not to give up. Look at, look at this as a chance to 
you know, maybe change how you're doing things. And there's so many amazing things that people are doing to, to try and pivot the way their business works. Um, and maybe they're actually finding that, wow, my business actually can work more effectively and efficiently and, and maybe I don't need, you know, all of this sized office. You know, there may be some really positive things that come out of it. You know, ask for help. You know, if, if you have to ask family and friends and you feel that your business is worth holding on to, ask for help to just get through this time. I think we need to be looking long term and anything you do now act in an, a, a way that it's long term. Yes, you need to survive today, but act for the long term, act to get through this. Don't worry about anything else but just surviving at the moment. And I think that that's what a lot of people just have to do. You just need to get into survival mode, pull back on anything you don't need. But at the same time where you can try and where people can support small business. Like for me, it's little things like, yeah, I could make my own sandwiches, but I'm going to the local bakery, ringing them, getting them to make them on the weekend. And then the boys and I go down and get them. Like, you know, it might only be $20, $30, but I can afford $20 or $30. And if it keeps someone else in business. So if you can keep someone else in business, because all of those little collective things do help them. If you're in business, Look at ways you can change the way you're doing things. Ask for help, whether it's your bank's family. Uh, look at the long-term aspect of this because if you can survive this, you'll be able to survive anything. And that's my mentality. I have spoken to all my staff and, and yes, we, we've had to change the way we do things in that some people work from home, some are in here. But lucky for us, we haven't seen any impact, which is which is great. We probably haven't seen the growth that we were experiencing before, but, you know, we're not having any um, dire impact here being an online business. But there definitely was conversations before it got to that point, and luckily I'm, I'm sure it won't now, but conversations with my staff where I said, this is about surviving long term. It's not thriving in the short term right now. Realistically, we have to survive, and these are the things we need to do because we need to get through this period of time. And so whatever you need to do to get through it that's what you need to do and I think that it's really important more than ever just to take every moment that is in front of you for what it's worth don't think about the next hour or the next day because you're going to be consumed with such intense overwhelming feelings of I can't do this I'm stuck I'm gonna this is all gonna fall apart just do what you can with this moment for your own mental health and for the the long term, um, you know the long term. I suppose goals for you and your your business or your family. And you know, look, my heart goes out. As I said, I do know there's not that people are not businesses are not going to survive this. I get that, um, but don't sit there waiting to the last minute and hope that it's going to change. You need to act now and do some do stuff now and ask for help now. Like the minute this all hit. I was straight on the phone to my bank and said, I don't know if this will affect me, but if it does, I want to apply now for blah, 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 blah. So it's there and it's ready that I've got a wad of money. So I'm not, you know, if, if worse, I always like to look at worst case scenario, how will I come back from that? What can I do to get through worst case scenario? And then I just figure it out along the way. I just, I just, get on with it and move, move with it. And so for me, I was like, if, I, if sales fall tomorrow and there's nothing, what, do, what money do I need to get through the next six months? And I now need to ask for that from someone. Someone's going to have to give that to me because I will not accept a virus taking me down. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's, it's just such great advice. And I just think so many of us, I'm definitely taking this in. And I think so many of us listening, really just taking in everything you said, it's just, it's literally that it's just bringing it all down to that survival mode and knowing that that's okay to be in that, mm. not judging ourselves for that, No, you know? And I just think, I think it also links back to what we were talking about, what you were saying earlier around, you know, letting go of what other people think and yeah. the perceptions and whatnot, and just getting back to basics and, you know, just so that we can progress from there. Absolutely. Amazing, Bryony. Every time it's always just so great to hear your wisdom. You know, thank you so much for kind of opening up with us today about money and finances. It's always a hard topic to talk about, but mm. I think it's just been so valuable for all of us. And I'm really excited to dive into next, uh, the next episode, um, which is all about how we as women can balance all of those different roles mm. and achieve what we want to achieve. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Beauty Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.